Should the Dallas Cowboys make Damone Clark a full-time starter? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That is prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how's it going today, sir? Great. First things first, we have to address the elephant in the room here. Uh, I saw some comments in the YouTube channel that suggested that I was wearing a bathrobe and suggested that I was going to be offering white Russians to folks. And although you may call me the dude or El Duderino or dude, if you're into the whole brevity thing, man, uh, <laughs> this is a this is a wool sweater. It's not a, a bathrobe. I would never come on this show in a bathrobe despite living in Los Angeles and seemingly a lot like the dude. Uh, I'm not quite that much like the dude. So I'm happy to answer questions, but just not in my bathroom. In my nice wool sweater. See, th- this is a great reason why you need to check out the podcast on YouTube is because you get to see Landon's sweater, and it's clear <laughs> that it's not a bathroom. It's clear. Come on. There's no, there's no bathroom element to it. It has, I know. It has buttons, guys. It's got I buttons. Uh, all right. Today we are going to be answering some <laughs> of your Twitter questions and YouTube questions. We've got three really good ones that we're going to get into. The first one is from Jack on uh, YouTube. He wants to know, should the Cowboys make Damone Clark a full-time starter at linebacker? He actually led the Cowboys in snaps at the linebacker position in week 11. Landon, what are your thoughts after watching the tape? You know, it's really interesting. I think he's like right on the, you know, the kind of cusp of, of being intriguing enough that I want to keep him out there, but also still being a little bit nervous about having such youth at the linebacker position. Uh, you know, I think it was surprising last week, and I think that that ended, ended up because of, of Saturday practice that Anthony Barr uh, ended up missing that game against the Vikings. I was a little bit shocked, you know, considering he just played for them. You'd think that that, that he would be yeah. back in there. It sounds like Saturday he pulled something. So Bland got in there and got a, a huge amount Clark. Of, of Clark. I'm sorry, Clark got in there and yeah. got a huge amount of, of snaps. Um, and, and, you know, was playing not only the linebacker position, but you even saw him kind of playing a little bit of that Micah Parsons role where he was rushing the passer a little bit on the edge, um, but was playing just basically the entire game. Uh, and I thought he played pretty well, it, certainly to the point where I'm intrigued to kind of continue to see him playing on the field. Uh, I, I definitely think that they are going to play Anthony Barr and not just going to completely sit him for Clark. But I do think that there is – lots of opportunity to start beginning that transition of making Clark the starter and giving him more of a lion's share. I, I don't know if they want to put him out for as many snaps as they did this last game, which is 50. Um, That's a lot, which is, which is a lot. <laughs> but I think that, that what you likely will see is a, a, a dip down from this because they have a, another starting linebacker back. 
but a, a continual increasing from there, right? Like as they trust him more and more uh, and want his fresh legs on there instead of Anthony Barr. All right, so I, I know the question that a lot of people want to know is what does Anthony Barr bring that Damone Clark doesn't have right now? Because at this stage in his career, Clark is just more athletic, he's quicker, yeah. he can change direction. What does Barr have that this defense needs? Well, Barr, Barr has seen it all. I mean, that's the thing that Barr brings to this defense is that he's a coach on the field, so he's not going to get fooled by a bunch of eye candy. There are certainly elements to having a guy like that on the field that is even more advanced and even more veteran than than, than Leighton Vander Esch or, frankly, almost anybody on this defense. Uh, he's just seen everything that there is to see uh, you know, as an NFL linebacker. The, the the athleticism is obviously the, the difference there, right? I mean, yeah. I think, you know, Clark is one of the fastest players on this defense, um, one of the fastest players on the team, it sounds like. Uh, and 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 Barr is, is <laughs> decidedly not that. Um, I, I think that Barr has elements to his game that, that, that Clark, you know, doesn't have, and that's obviously goes both ways. Uh, so I, I think that they're both use, youth, useful pieces. Um, but I think that they, you know, will need to be deployed the right way. And I think, I think the, the kind of sum total of what we've taken out of this whole thing with Clark is that he needs to be on the field. He needs to get snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that, that you should stop. He should stop seeing snaps just because Barr comes back and maybe there's a healthy sharing situation that we can see between these guys. There's also just part, like, as you mentioned, like you're going to be playing some drastically different teams coming yeah. up in the next couple of weeks between, you know, the Titans that want to play downhill on offense. You're going to play the Eagles who are going to do a lot of RPOs and all this kind of stuff. So it does help to have somebody who has seen it all and somebody who has a little bit more length and size and bar. But I, I agree with you. The biggest takeaway is just more snaps for Damone Clark. Like he's obviously going to be the future of the linebacker position for the Cowboys. The more that he can play and – get up to speed before we get to the playoffs is great because frankly, they're going to need all these linebackers. Yeah, absolutely. At some point over the next two months, they're going to need all these guys to play well. Just like running backs. They start, you know, they, they take a lot of hits throughout yes. the year. So they, they start to wear down. So having more and especially more that can do a wider variety of things that just adds a level of versatility to your defense. That is definitely going to come in handy later in the season. All right, let's talk a little bit about Tony Pollard, Landon. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Turo. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car that you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and even coming to Australia soon. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip, get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday, find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get to A to B. Many Turo hosts can even deliver a car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com today. We also want to tell you about our old friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than the Prize Pick projection, you win. And you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people who have no lives but to look at daily fantasy stuff. It's just you versus the projections available. I'm making fun of myself there because I'm one <laughs> of those people. Uh, Prize Picks <laughs> offers projection on any sport that you watch. That includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, 
college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKDOWN at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Lane, let's get to some more questions. Um, this one from Gorn, and actually a lot of people want to know about Tony Pollard, but he wants to know what you thought about Pollard in week 11 uh, against the Vikings. And is Tony Pollard the type of running back who you could, in theory, give a long-term extension to because of his relatively low wear and tear as well as his flexibility as a player? I mean, I think I think all of the answer to the last question first, I think all of that's depending on the numbers. You know, I mean, it's it's can you give a running back a long term contract? Yeah, you can. I mean, if if, if you're offering him two million dollars a year, you can offer any running back a long term contract. Right. Yeah. It's just about money. Like it's about how the contract structured, how old the player is, how many touches they've had. I, you know, I tend to think that if you're going to sign Tony to a long-term contract, you still need to have another alternative plan for another second running back who's going to get a similar amount of carries. Uh, and I just think that that's well, sure, okay, great. Um, By the way, he looked pretty good in the in the Viking game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, I I was surprised that they weren't calling for Malik Davis to get all the. Why isn't Malik Davis getting the lion's share of carries? Why is Tony Pollard out in the field when Malik Davis is the more explosive back? Uh, So you know, it's just like a tale as old as time. The backup running back is the most popular position in the quarter in Dallas Cowboys history. So I think that there's certainly ways to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about how the contract gets structured what P- Tony Pollard is looking for. I mean, honestly, I think this, the running back situation is going to be very interesting to watch this, this off season because of the market, because of the, what the Cowboys already have on their books because of what's available. So uh, I- I'm interested to see exactly how that all shakes out, you know, because you just are going to have three or four top of the line running backs, all hitting free agency all at once. And, and it's going to make for a very kind of interesting market for everybody. Yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to having that discussion this offseason. I'm just telling you right now. So let's just enjoy what we have uh, right now. How do you think Pollard played in Week 11? I think he played great. I mean, you know, obviously he was uh, electric. It was it was great to see him get opportunities where, uh, you know, and a lot of it was was really well kind of designed stuff where. Uh, you know, Dak was able to get through his progressions and then kind of get to Tony and early in the snap. I mean, early in the snap, considering he was the outlet pass and the way that he and, the, and when and when he got the ball out to to Tony it was so uh, open underneath because there had been everything had been cleared out to the side that he was able to kind of get several different swing passes out. Obviously, the big uh, uh, kind of fake option route wheel route that mm-hmm. he ran for the long touchdown was really impressive. Uh, you know, is running between the tackles. I mean, I think the thing with Tony Pollard that's really uh, that's really been different this year is his between the tackle running has become a lot better than it had previously. I think yeah. he's a 
more reliable pass protector. I just think that they feel more comfortable putting him out there in more position in, uh, in more uh, types of plays and more positions than they previously had. And and I think that he's okay. he's taken that and he's shown that he can do that. And I, I think you know he's he's shown marked improvement this season. And and it's not in his explosiveness because we always knew that that was there, but is all the other things that he's improved that has allowed him the opportunities to kind of sh- showcase that explosiveness more regularly in the game. Now, I will say, I think Pollard over the last at least year and a half has always been at least a little bit underrated when it comes to his power and being able to run between the tackles. I know that was kind of a knock on him for a while, but I think he's progressively gotten better over the course of his career. Uh, there was a really interesting article this morning uh, on Pro Football Focus about Tony Pollard. I don't know if you got to check it out. Mm. I, I wrote the article about Pollard and his growth as a player. Uh, one of the knocks kind of on him over most of his career was, Hey, he's a home run hitter who, you know, sometimes will lose too many yards or he has too many yard plays that go for negative yards. If you look at the numbers this year, he's actually inside the top five in stuff rate, which is he's really I mean, improved. Yeah, yeah. Like he just doesn't lose yards anymore. So on top of, creating these big splash plays. He's keeping the offense ahead of the chains. That's why you can make a case that he is one of the best running backs in the league right now. And I think the Cowboys, it's it's taken a while, but they finally figured out kind of the right way to use Pollard and Zeke at the same time. You know, well, I, I think he, Go ahead. he's he's made it his job easier for them, right? Yeah. Like he's like he's gotten so much better that like they don't feel like they 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 have to come up with scenarios for putting him on the field anymore necessarily. If if they need to put him on the field and then you know uh, audible into something else, they're not nervous about a six man protection where he's the the you know uh, having to protect like yeah. they used to. I also think that there's been a misconception in general uh, with. Tony Pollard's uh, inside running in the past versus now. It's never been about. I think that there's people look at him and assume that the problem is that he's not big enough or strong enough, and that no. is ne- that has never no. been the issue with him. For me, it's been about. I just don't think he had developed the vision as an interior runner to be as effective in there. Like I just saw in the past, there were times when he was running into blockers or running into the yep. defenders inside because it, he just. Didn't have a ton of experience in running inside. I think that his vision has gotten so much better, and you're seeing it now where he's not afraid to use some of the same tools that he uses on the outside inside, right? I think yes. Yes. When, when, when you're a running back and your game is built on speed and quickness and then you're asked to run inside, it can be terrifying to stop to come to a complete dead stop in the hole at the line of scrimmage because – you, any kind of number of things can happen. But what Tony has realized is that he has the ability to do that kind of thing, come to a complete stop, destroy interior defenders angles, and then get outside quickly or get around him quickly and run through him. So I think his vision and his uh, ability to read the, the blocking has, has really, really improved. And I think that that's why you're seeing uh, uh, more trust in him to do those kind of runs, not because he, they were worried about him getting hurt, but that they were worried that he wasn't reading the blocks as well as he has been this year, which has really, really been good. I would also say, talking about the Minnesota game specifically, the touchdown that he had, the the long one, where it was on Jordan Hicks on third and 14. Yeah. That's going to be an important play over the course of the season because I got a feeling now 
when the Cowboys split Pollard out wide, teams aren't just going to let their linebacker be one-on-one with coverage, right? You're going to see more safeties they're shifting over there, or you're just going to see a safety covering him one-on-one in that spot. And that should open up some other stuff in the middle of the field. That was a huge play because I do think yeah. that's going to change the way that the defenses have to play Pollard in the passing game. Yeah, even if the Cowboys don't get another another single other big play out of that formation, just the fact that it's on tape and teams yes. have to respect it moving forward, that's a huge thing, and I think it'll open things up like you mentioned. Because I promise you the Giants are not going to let Jalen Smith walk out and cover Tony Pollard one-on-one in space this week. <laughs> I mean, please, Wink, please. Please do that for the Cowboys. But you're going to see – you know, Julian Love, one of their safeties, do that. And mm-hmm. that should make, again, Dalton Schultz against the linebackers or CeeDee Lamb against the safety in the middle of the field. It's going to, again, that's going to be important for the Cowboys moving forward. Definitely agree. I'm Definitely excited. agree. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the Cowboys' offensive line before we head out. But before we do that, we want to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional in the uh, amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and we know that you do because you're listening to this one right now, you can also find those at BetOnline. It's the fastest and the easiest way to get in your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, last question here. Land this from from Lou. How likely is Dallas to move Tyler Smith back to left guard and insert Jason Peters at left tackle regardless of Tyron Smith's status? I'm still considering a return by Tyron Gravy or any time at this point season Gravy. I would, I would, I would start considering it the Turkey man. It's, it's happening. Like it's, I don't think Tyron Smith is coming back at some point. Uh, And when he does, Tyler Smith will play left guard. There's no debate um, about it. I don't think there's any much. I think, you know, we, we've been speculating about that for a long time, but I think the, the what we heard today from Jerry Jones and what we saw on, on uh, Sunday from them once they decided to kind of rotate things in, put Peters at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard, they could have kept McGovern at left guard or they could have put in a backup left guard, but they specifically tried to get Tyler Smith inside to get snaps at left guard. The, the only question is, again, you mentioned Tyler Smith is going to left guard at some point. It's just, is it this week? Is Jason Peters going to play left tackle this week? Is Jason Peters going to play left tackle next week when they play the Colts? Or are they just going to wait until Tyron is healthy to move Tyler Smith to left guard? That's really the only question I have now. All right. Are you ready to have the, the most complicated part of this? The thing yes. that, that nobody expected? McGovern played a really good game on Sunday. <laughs> McGovern played his best game of football on Sunday and frankly may have been one of the top three offensive linemen on the field uh, on that game, which is really, really complicates things. The, the man. problem I, is it, it, you're not wrong. Uh, McGovern did play well. If it's close, they're going to go with Tyler. Smith oh, without a doubt. Game, right. Without a doubt. Without and that's doubt. the thing is because I think they feel like they have just more size and athleticism with Tyler Smith at left guard, but don't rule out the Cowboys figuring out ways to get Connor McGovern on the field for 15 snaps or so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I definitely think that the the McGovern fullback package is back on if 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 he's yeah. uh, subbed out. So that's something to look forward to. They will use McGovern, but 
I just thought it was interesting that, you know, just we, we had all this conversation. We're looking forward to this. And I go back and watch the tape last night and I just see, man, McGovern stonewalling guys in the inside. Like he's, he's yep. playing well in the run game. He's consistent. Can, uh, just not what we expected from McGovern. Honestly, no, can point. we talk about Jason Peters at left tackle a little bit in yeah. this game? So he did yeah. play 20 snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched them yesterday. I thought he only had one bad snap and it was the very final snap of the game that he had. Um, I, I don't even remember the edge rusher. I apologize, but kind of got a pressure on Cooper rush. Other than that, I thought he was really good. Like really, really good. Yeah. You know, I think he was, yeah, he was good. I, I think my only concern with him is that I don't see the same kind of power that I saw before with him. Um, but the thing that you worry about more with a 40 year old left tackle who weighs 300 and, 25 plus pounds. Uh, I mean, is, the last time you late weighed 325 was probably was like high school. At birth. <laughs> uh, uh, he gets out of his stance incredibly well. Like he, he, he gets into his pass set really, really well. It's, it's, it's practically teaching tape. Um, and, and he moves really, really well. And I think that's kind of why you, you know, slow rolled him into this situation yep. is because, you know, he's a 40 year old, I'm 42 years old. And trust me, it, just watching him move the way he did really hurt my legs. So, uh, you know, I think that they just needed to make sure that he could get back up to that speed, which it looks like he has. He, he's uh, not a run blocker at the stage. No. Of like it, I'm not saying he's bad at that. It's just, no, no, no. It's just, he's not more just going to get in the way. He's not yeah. burying dudes like yeah. Trent Williams is or anything like that. You know, he tried to do the, uh, the 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 tyrant throw past the pocket yeah. did you see that like the, like where he got past and he just tried to shove the guy and like with tyron you know the guy leaves his feet and is like 10 yards back behind the yeah. with jason peters it kind of just threw him off a little bit so I, I don't think he quite has the 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 power that we've seen from him at different points in his career but he still has that dancing bear element he's still a very wide body that can move really well and he's hard to get around uh, and those are both really, really important things. So, so I, I think he, he showed us really good stuff uh, for his first few snaps at left tackle that we've seen. And just to be clear, I don't think the Cowboys are going to make the move this week against the Giants. It's just too quick of a turnaround, especially yeah. for a forty-year-old offensive lineman. Like, I don't think you want him gearing up to play sixty-five snaps on a short week. Now, mm. next week against the Colts, when you have ten days to get ready. I think that's when we could potentially see Jason Peters either starting at left tackle or rotating in a significant amount. But I think you and I both agree it's going to be Tyler Smith at left tackle this week with Connor McGovern at left guard. I think it makes sense to start the move to Jason Peters at left tackle the day that you start the 21-day clock on Tyron Smith, right? Because that way you're like, okay, we're fully committing to Tyler Smith moving to left guard. Left tackle will be Jason Peters until Tyron Smith comes back. And then that is like, hey, this is it. Like, this is the plan. If Jason gets hurt, we slide Tyler back in. We put Connor back in at left guard. This is our plan until Tyron comes in, and then that's the change. I think it just put, makes for very clear lines. You, you tell, you're telling Tyler Smith exactly what he should be doing, what to expect. You're telling Jason exactly what he's doing and what he's to expect. Obviously, Tyron knows what he's doing in order to get back on the field. I think it just makes for very clean lines for these uh, guys. And just to be clear, how, how did you think Tyler Smith played in this game at left guard specifically? I thought he played great in both spots. Honestly, I thought he played some of his best left tackle uh, football, and I thought that he played uh, 
looked really, really good in, in guard. I mean, they moved him inside, and you could tell that, like, just that, like, playing in sh- shorter space with that le- little, that much athleticism really suits him. He's so big and strong and, and just can physical, physically move people. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, he's a different, he's a way different player than when he was the last time I saw him next to Tyron Smith. So I'm excited to see what that's going to look like once Tyron gets back for sure. Yeah. There was a couple plays that he just kind of missed some blocks in the run game. Like and it's not blocks, all right. Missed like getting to the second level and getting to the linebacker. I think that's partly just not Footwork. playing guard a yeah, lot, I mean, right? Well, like it's not just about athleticism when you talk about getting to the second level. It's about it's about your footwork. It's about knowing correct. being confident in your footwork because you only have it's like a yeah. pass rusher. The pass rushers line up their steps like perfectly. And, and, yep. and when you're getting to the second level against a guy who's more athletic than you, you've got to be very specific about your footwork. So I just I imagine that you know it's more reps will help with that. Yeah, absolutely. I will say one of the cool things when you watch those 20 snaps at the end of the game with Jason Peters and Tyler Smith, like Peters is in the ear of Tyler Smith the whole time. Yeah. Like he's he's tapping Tyler Smith, telling him to look for like that kind of stuff. It, it it's t- it's too bad that Tyron wasn't available this season because I just can't imagine how much faster Tyler Smith's growth and development would have happened if he would have been playing next to either Tyron Smith or Jason Peters for the whole season. So I am just kind of excited about what that could potentially look like in a few weeks. There is going to, I I will say this, there will be benefit for Tyron, Tyler Smith having played left tackle and moving into left guard. Like he, he will have learned a lot. And I think the game will slow down, even though the game is quicker inside uh, it's it's a lot more focused, so I think that that will help him a little bit, and and he'll get he'll be able to kind of take some of the benefits he's learned from left tackle and move it into left guard. It's hard not to get excited about what the potential run game could look like with the Cowboys once you get either Peters or Ty- Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left left guard. You've got Connor McGovern playing fullback. The three tight ends are playing really well. Four tight ends. My guy Sean McEwen yeah. even played a bunch of snaps last week. They had some fourteen personnel. In the yeah, game. I mean, it was pretty great. Yeah, and with or Pollard 04, I guess just playing better, as we mentioned before, and Zeke getting healthier. Like once we get to December, there's a chance that this team can really, really run the football, and we know that translates in the playoffs. Got to admit, I'm a little excited about Atlanta. Just a little. Bit. I, hey, me too. I think that there's every reason to be excited about the fact that what you saw on Sunday. Uh, was a team that could an offensive team that could still be getting two more kind of premier players yes. added to it. That's exciting for sure. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Landon, you and I will be back tomorrow to preview the Cowboys, uh, I was going to say Cowboys Vikings, Cowboys Giants game. <laughs> uh, Patricia Trainer and I doing a crossover show that'll come out early Thursday morning, maybe even late Wednesday night. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.